Obamacare. The very sound of it makes many of us cringe because we know our choices have been limited and the premiums just keep going up every year. We send our money to big insurance companies who cover elective abortions and profit from us while we struggle to make the monthly payments. Aren't you ready to break free from the shackles of high-cost health care? Please meet my friends at the Alliance for Shared Health. ASH for short. ASH is a health share ministry with over 40,000 households participating. They integrate best-in-class healthcare access solutions with the health share world to solve the health care crisis. As a member, you share in the financial burden related to catastrophic health care expenses while also having your own needs met. It's so easy. You can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up a prescription from the pharmacy using the share prescription card, and order expensive lab or imaging tests at discounts of 60 to 80%, conveniently accessed on your phone via the Share mobile app. Not only is ASH helping U.S. residents break free from government-controlled health care, ASH is an international health share ministry. $1 per household per month connects members to its East African health share predecessor, where thousands and thousands of lives are being saved through the ASH-funded pediatric hospital in the remote villages. With open enrollment here, now is your chance to save 50 to 70% on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of so many in need. Reach out to Ash today. Visit ashcommunity.org. That's ashcommunity.org. Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. Find out more and sign up for Alliance for Shared Health's health sharing ministry, which can save you up to 70% on your healthcare costs by going to stacyontheright.com. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination, rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome into the program. It's so awesome to have you guys still downloading the podcast and keeping up with me here as well as on the SiriusXM nightly program over on the Patriot. Today's podcast is a doozy because I'm interviewing the Surgeon General of the United States. It's our second opportunity to chat with him. The last time was on the Sunday program on SiriusXM where we discussed the possibility of a vaccine coming before the end of this year, Operation Warp Speed. Well, he rejoins us again today, this time to discuss the success of that endeavor, namely that a vaccine has actually been approved through the FDA. There are more than one option for Americans, and he's going to explain and debunk some of the myths and talk about things from his perspective as the Surgeon General of the United States. The caveat here is there are people out there who have concerns about taking the vaccine. So this is me asking him the hard questions to give people an opportunity to hear directly from him in his role as Surgeon General of the United States. It is my pleasure to welcome Vice Admiral Jerome M. Adams, MD, MPH. He's the 20th Surgeon General of the United States. His mission as the nation's doctor is to advance the health of the American people, and his motto is better health through better partnerships. And I'm so excited to have you on today, Vice Admiral. Thank you for joining us. Well, I am very excited to speak with you again. And, uh, you know, the last time we spoke, it was uh, some pretty dire uh, situations uh, that were occurring around the country. 
but we also didn't have a lot to offer people beyond individual protection, uh, wear your mask, wash your hands, watch your distance, the three W's. But uh, I'm really excited that this week we now have not one but two vaccines that are, uh, that are coming across the finish line. And so people should have hope. They should be uh, vigilant still. We need to. But they should also uh, be excited about the vaccines that are now available to end this pandemic. Vice Admiral, this is an interesting time for us because as we see, I think it's a wonderful development. You had Operation Warp Speed. The president said he could get a vaccine into the hands of the American people before the end of this year. The naysayers were plentiful, said it couldn't be done, yet here we are. Uh, But there is a significant portion of the population who are skeptical of the vaccine or perhaps considering not taking it. They have a wait-and-see attitude. And that's why it's so important that you're here today. I would love to hear your response to those concerns because I know one of the things you've been doing is you've been going out with a truth and information campaign. You've been speaking to people, Americans. You've been going on media. So how, how do you respond to those concerns? Well, I think it's important for people to understand that there were absolutely no safety corners cut in the development of this vaccine. The way we were able to move so quickly, uh, I I try to explain it the way I would explain it to my own family members. Uh, Everyone's fighting over the new Xbox, the new PlayStation this Christmas. And if you're lucky enough to get one and then you want to play a new game, you don't throw out the whole Xbox or the whole PlayStation. You just change out the game because 95% of what you need is in that game console. We used what was called platform technology and used the platform from uh, vaccines that have been around and that we know are safe from use over the past decade. 90, 95% of the work was done. We just needed to change out the piece that recognized SARS-CoV-2 which is the virus that, which, that causes COVID-19. And that is how we were able to move so quickly, but also are so confident of safety, because we know that the majority of these vaccines uh, have been around for a decade and are safe. But beyond that, I'm walking the talk. I got vaccinated along with the vice president, was really proud to be able to, to do that, both as a symbolic uh, gesture uh, that we are at the beginning of the end of this pandemic, but also to show people that I have faith in this. But finally, I just want to say it is important that we tell people it's okay to ask questions. It is okay to wonder, is this safe for me? But what is not okay is to let misinformation or mistrust, especially when it's perpetuated by people out there who don't have your best interest at heart, be the reason that you don't do something that is going to benefit you or your community. Uh, We've got to acknowledge the harms that have been done to particularly the African-American community, but other communities of color in the past, like the Tuskegee experiments, like what happened to Henrietta Lacks. But we've got to reassure people that we now have protections in place to make sure that can never, ever happen again. Independent review boards, the Office of Human Research Protections. Uh, We have African-Americans that were involved in the development of these vaccines, as well as the review and who were study participants. So these vaccines were developed by um, people of color and many, uh, across the board, and uh, they were tested in people of color, and that's why I felt safe getting vaccinated myself. I want to say thank you for your willingness to answer questions and to really delve deeply into uh, the explanations because I feel like information is going to help people make a decision that works best for them. 
And anytime you shut down the questions, it basically raises more questions. So your willingness to go on to many different programs on many parts of the political spectrum, your willingness to answer questions and to really go into that historical aspect, which has been broached, uh, and, and it's a concern, that goes a long way in helping people to understand just what has been done here, which it's it's a historic thing. It's a monumental effort that was undertaken. President Trump had a very positive outlook on it, and that has turned out to be uh, what has actually happened. So I have a couple more questions. I, the, one of them is about mRNA. So I've seen a lot of articles, yeah. and some of them are, quite honestly, um, Surgeon General there. <laughs> They're they're garbage articles because you can go into them a little bit and you're like, wait, this isn't scientific. But there are some questions like what is mRNA and how is it that this new technology has been leveraged to create the vaccine for COVID-19? And so I'm wondering if you can explain that for lay people like myself, what it is and how it was implemented here. Fantastic question. And again, I want to reemphasize that while we're excited about these vaccines, This technology has been around for over a decade. It's been tested in other diseases and in other vaccines. And so we feel confident in its safety. But a mRNA vaccine is sort of like an email. You send an email to someone and they open up the email and it kind of gives you, gives your body instructions for producing a protein that looks like the virus. And remember the way vaccines work is that we give people a part of the virus or something that looks like the virus uh, in a small amount um, and in an amount that is, that is deemed to be not harmful to the individual. And that causes your body to produce antibodies so that when it sees the virus in real life, those antibodies uh, that you have in you attack that virus and prevent it from causing infection or causing severe disease. So a mRNA vaccine, again, is like sending someone an email, sending your body an email, and it says, here's how you produce the spike protein. And the spike protein is on the virus that causes COVID-19. So we're not producing the whole virus. You cannot get infected with the virus from an mRNA vaccine, but it produces a spike pro- the spike protein, and your body builds antibodies to that. So that when you're exposed to COVID, when you're out in public, then all of a sudden you've got antibodies to it and it attacks that virus and prevents it from infecting you or causing severe illness in you. And so that's how an mRNA vaccine works. Um, Once it gets that message in there, then it goes away. And so you, you keep the antibodies, but it does not change your DNA. It does not put you at risk for the virus because you're not actually getting the virus. You're just getting a tiny part of the virus uh, that's being produced. And uh, again, safe over the last decade of use in other other diseases. Okay, so uh, Vice Admiral, excellent answer, because I I feel like I understood that 100%. Two quick follow-ons. So how long do the antibodies last from the vaccine? Can the little messenger actually change your DNA? Or does it just have a specific message that it sends and then it's then it goes away and it can't have any residual after effects? So uh, I'm going to test the age of your viewers here, but it's kind of like a Snapchat message where we <laughs> send it and then it goes away. Okay. It goes away. And so it does not stay around in your body. And uh, messenger mRNA, that is not the way it works. It does not. It cannot change your DNA. And we've known about messenger RNA uh, for quite a while, for many, many decades. And we know that it cannot, it will not change your DNA. Um, So that is a myth that we need to bust. Now, you ask how long the antibodies last. It's important for everyone to understand we don't know yet. 
because we just got the, uh, the, the genetic code for this virus back in, uh, uh, back in February, and we just started experimenting uh, or, or doing experiments uh, where we were vaccinating people um, six months ago or so. So we don't know for those people who got vaccinated six months ago whether in a year those antibodies will go away or not. We know it's safe. We know it's 95% effective, but we don't know how long they'll last. So we'll continue to follow this and let people know, and we hope it will be for um, quite a while, but it could be like the flu shot where we get to be, where we need to be vaccinated every other, every, every year, every season. And that's okay if it prevents us from having the economic harm, the educational harm, the other harms that this virus has wrecked upon us. And final point I want to bring up, uh, the flu vaccine in any given year is around 50% effective at preventing hospitalization and severe disease. And I get a flu vaccine every year because I'd rather have a 50% chance of not ending up in the hospital than, uh, than, than no increased protection. But uh, we set the bar at 50% for the COVID vaccine, saying we want it to be at least as effective at the, as the flu shot if we're going to authorize it. That's what the FDA said. Uh, these vaccines actually turned out to be 95% effective. That is tremendous. And I want people to know that if you turn down a vaccine, you are turning down an almost 100% um, reassurance that you will not get severe disease from COVID. And even though we're, we will continue to have to wear masks and watch our distance into early next year as we get more and more people vaccinated, this will allow us to be able to visit our loved ones in nursing homes. It will allow us to feel safe uh, going out and flying again and, uh, and traveling across the nation because we know that we will have a 95% protection from this virus when we go out and about. So please, again, ask questions. Uh, there's nothing wrong with asking questions, but there's a whole lot wrong with letting misinformation rule your life and cause you to make decisions that are poor for your health. Vice Admiral, that's one of the reasons I was so excited about having you on today is to dispel anything that it, that is misinformation and to get the actual factual information directly from you because you've been involved in this since the beginning. Um, you mentioned boosters, the possibility. What should Americans expect if you're planning on getting the vaccine when it's made available to you? The flu shot is just one jab. I've had it for many, many, many years since I was on active duty in the military. And, you know, you just line up and get it when you're on active duty. And then afterwards, it's a force of habit that really I think it's helped me a great deal. Um, but what, what will the procedure be if you're planning on getting vaccinated for COVID-19? Is it just one jab like the flu shot or is there more to it? Great question. And so important for everyone to know that Operation Warp Speed really wanted to give us a best chance at getting this vaccine. So we funded and, uh, and now have multiple candidates uh, that, that have been in trials. Uh, one so far has been authorized. That's the Pfizer vaccine. One looks like it's going to be authorized uh, uh, very soon. That's the Moderna vaccine. And then there's Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca vaccines uh, that are also out there, uh, still in experiments, uh, but may be approved or authorized um, in the next several weeks. Uh, the the, John, or the, the uh, Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines are both mRNA vaccines, and they require two doses. And that's not abnormal. Hepatitis vaccines... Uh, HPV vaccines, they all require two doses because sometimes it takes um, a second dose for your immune system to get to the level of protection uh, that is ideal. Uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a one-dose vaccine, uh, and so the advantage there is that once you get the one dose, you're done. 
but that has not been approved yet, and we also don't know if it's going to be 95% effective like the other two are. So the important thing to know is to talk to your doctor, find out whether or not you need to come back in for a second dose. When I got my COVID vaccine, they gave me a card, and they said, in 21 days, you need to come back um, and bring this card back in, and they also uh, will call me and, uh, and remind me to come back in in 21 days to get my second shot. So similar to other shots that uh, kids have to have when they're they're going through their their routine of, of standard uh, vaccination, some of them require a booster where you bring the baby or the the toddler back uh, for the second part of it. Um, so I I as we're closing out here, um, Vice Admiral, can, is there anything that is a informational piece or a message that you're wanting to get out to Americans? We have a large audience here at Sirius. Um, something that you feel maybe hasn't been expressed thus far about the vaccines or about Operation Warp Speed or, or the work that you've done thus far to bring us to this point? Well, absolutely. And um, I, I want to say thank you to you because you do have a large audience, and I appreciate you making time for me to uh, be able to speak to your listeners, to your viewers. Uh, the first thing I want to reiterate is that it is okay to have questions. And I apologize if you've ever talked to a health official a doctor, a nurse, uh, anyone out there who makes it seem like it's not okay to ask questions. I want you to ask questions because I want you to make an informed decision. I don't want you to do something or not do something simply because someone told you to do it or not do it. I want you to do it or not do it because you feel it is the appropriate decision for you. Uh, that is number one. Uh, number two, I want people to, to, to think of both vaccines and vigilance. These vaccines should give us hope. It's hard to keep running a marathon if you don't know how close you are to the finish. But if you know the finish line is just around the corner, uh, just, just, uh, just, just uh, around the bend, uh, you can keep running. And I want you to know that finish line is now in sight. People are being vaccinated as we speak. We're protecting the vulnerable. And we actually, based on the timeline, think that by uh, May or so, we could have every adult who wants a vaccination in this country vaccinated. So that should give you tremendous hope that we can get back to normal. But the final point I want to make to people is that there are steps you can take right now as you are awaiting vaccination. Uh, the three W's, wash your hands, uh, watch your distance, meaning avoid crowded indoor spaces, stay six feet apart when you can, keep household gatherings small, and try to not be around people outside of your household. And please wear a mask when you're around people outside of your household. I know it got political. People talked about mandates not. Um, here's the thing. You shouldn't need to be mandated to do something which is good for your health and which will protect your family. You shouldn't need to be mandated to do something which will help your kids go back to school. You shouldn't need to be mandated to do something which has been proven to actually um, protect jobs. And there was actually a study that came out recently that showed that places that had higher mass compliance, whether they had a mandate or not, were, had, had better economies and were able to reopen sooner and to stay open. Uh, I've been visiting hospitals across the country. I'm really concerned because uh, many of these hospitals, uh, they're full. And that means even if you don't believe COVID is a real thing, and I hope that you do, but even if you don't, it means if your wife goes into labor, she may not have a bed. It means if your father has a heart attack, he may not have a, an ICU bed. It means if you get in a car wreck in the snow, you may not have a bed because the beds are full of COVID patients. So please understand your actions have implications that go well beyond just your own personal health. And if we hang in there a little bit longer, if we hang together 
a little bit longer, then we will get to that promised land, that finish line that now is in sight. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the program today. I'm sure there are a lot of different feelings and thoughts out there among people who are listening and, and, you know, just trying to absorb all the information. I know one thing is for certain Americans want to take care of each other and want to get as close back to normal as we possibly can as quickly as we can. They do. And um, so the information that you've shared today, I hope will go out and inform people and the decisions that they're planning on making. And I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and, and safety and blessings on you and your family, Vice Admiral. Thank you for joining the show today. Thank you, Stacy. Go to vaccines.gov for more information about vaccines, go to cdc.gov or your State Department of Health website for any questions you have about coronavirus. Do not let misinformation rule your life. It's okay to ask questions, but get informed so you can make informed decisions. And have a happy holiday too, Stacey. Thank you, sir. Uh, Same to you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us, and please check out more about Alliance for Shared Health at my website, stacyontheright.com. See you again soon.